0: And overall, overall bad, bad act. Act. This, this is, is Society, Society 13. Redefining podcasting. Music. Horror. Horror. Subculture, and, and overall bad welcome, welcome, welcome to Kettle, to Kettle Whistle, Whistle, Whistle Radio, Radio. Radio, with your hosts, host, Dave, Dave and, Dave and Sean. Sean.
2: Hello, hey, how's it going out there in Radio Land? Took a bit of a break there with uh, the Christmas spirit upon us and everything else that was going on. Lots of madness, craziness that happens, like um, spending too much money and visiting and... Okay, anyway. So, uh, we have Johnny Daggers and Robert Fourloins on tonight, uh, talking horror movies. Yes, horror movies. Upcoming, interesting horror movies. Um... Yeah, we talked about Noctamulus before, but he, there's something new up their sleeves. These guys are great. A lot of fun. And uh, we're going to hear some music from uh, Dragline. And uh, what you're hearing right now behind me is uh, Dandy Brown, a good friend of mine, actually. We've been playing his stuff for a while, and it's uh, finally getting out there. I mean, he's he's a busy dude. He's a busy dude. I shouldn't say finally. But yeah, more people are hearing them in the concert venue uh, type of audience we'll say uh he's uh just a great dude great band um we'll hear more from danny brown in the future but yes uh Dragline on the show tonight music wise yard panther as always and uh you've got to check out um my buddy erica eskew uh, boocoop eskew Check out the show. Um, She's on here a lot more than you think she is. And um, you've got to check out Fashion Trashing on YouTube. These are five to seven-minute shows. Fantastically fun. She's really big on the holiday specials. Yes, they are sock puppets, folks. And you, too, can be a sock puppet. Always offering parts, we'll just say. A friend of mine put up uh, this list. Yeah, here we go. Courtney, you know who you are. Uh, Christmas lists of, uh, well... I like how she titles this. Here you go, you douchey snowflakes. Since you decided to pull Baby It's Cold Outside from its playlist because someone was offended, I feel that these other holiday songs are also on the chopping block. How did our generation ever survive? Again, this is my friend Courtney. I won't put her last name out there yet, unless she wants to come on the show. She knows who she is. Okay, number one on the list. I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Subjecting minors to softcore porn. Condones cheating. The Christmas Song. Open fire, pollution, folks dressed up like Eskimos. Cultural appropriation. Holly Jolly Christmas. Kiss her once for me. Unwanted advances. White Christmas, racist. Santa Claus is coming to town. Sees you when you're sleeping, knows when you're awake. Peeping Tom Stalker, perhaps number six most wonderful time of the year everyone telling you be good be of good cheer forced to hide depression <laughs> okay. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer number seven bullying number eight it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas forced gender specific gifts dolls for Janice and Jen and boots and pistols guns for Barney and Ben. <laughs> Santa Baby. This is number nine. Gold Digger. Blackmail. Frosty the Snowman. Sexist. Not a snow woman. Number 11. Do you hear what I hear? Blatant disregard for the hearing impaired. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the old tide gay. Wow, I'm just not touching that. Jingle Bell Rock. Giddy up, Jingle Horse. Pick up your feet animal abuse number 14 mistletoe and holly overeating folks stealing a kiss or two how did this song ever see the light of day 15 winter wonderland parson brown demanding they get married forced partnership i'll be home for christmas not if you're homeless that's just insensitive grandma got run over by a reindeer homicide Come on, people, wise up, let's get, let's stop picking apart everything and stop with the constant complaining, says Courtney. I love the list. I'm going to add one of my own. I was watching the Pinocchio Christmas special, you know, the Rankin and Bass one, and um, there was an evil jackalope and a crazy cat that were looking to basically abduct Pinocchio and sell him to the highest bidder. Well, human trafficking. And there it is, the Christmas list. All right, on with the show. My name's Meg Leachin, and I'm listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. All right. All right, folks, friends and fiends, here we are with Kettle Whistle Radio. Welcome back. It's been a strange year and it's about to get stranger. Um, we have two guests tonight. Um, one, of course, repeat performer. If you remember from the Noctambulist days, uh, we talked about that movie. And I'm sitting here holding the actual DVD, Blu-ray as well. Um, great movie. Johnny Daggers is with us. Um, are you there? Yes, greetings. That's, that's a good thing. Okay. <laughs> greetings. Uh, great to hear your I'm voice. not alone today. You're I'm, not alone. You got no, Jeff? I have...
1: Yes, I have my good friend Jeff Forloins, who was executive producer of Noctambulist, as well as our upcoming film, The Charnel House Wolf. How you
2: doing? Hey, how you doing?
1: Awesome.
2: Yes, I'm totally looking forward to this uh, new feature of yours. But Noctambulus now, now that I have it in my hands and I can put it on a shelf, it makes me excited. Um, so wh- how do people get a hold of this? Do you want to talk about that? I'm
1: always excited when it's in my hands. I mean, it's
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you
1: know, um, no, it's been a, it's been a long time coming. I'm not to. Uh, That sounded weird, too, after the segwaying from having it in my hand. But anyway, it has (laughs) been a long time coming. Um, It's been about two years since the film has wrapped production. And uh, to see it finally hit the stores, uh, well, January 22nd, officially, uh, it'll hit the store. So it's been a long time coming, and we're very excited about it.
2: Yes, compared to Hitchcock, and uh, as it even says here. A brilliant homage to the silent scream era, and I never even thought of that while I was watching it. That you, it's a sil- I mean, it's a silent film. It's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful yeah. to watch. It, it, I, I just love the film. Every time I show it to somebody, I get the same reaction. And we both know that we got tears from certain folks too that watched it.
1: Yes, that's 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 the biggest uh, compliment ever for somebody to actually cry watching your film. To think that you've touched them.
2: Uh, now you're, so tu- you're touching them now.
1: Yeah, I know. Everything turns into a sexual innuendo
2: on this show. I know. We're so far (laughs) removed from that. If you want that, guys, tune into the Queens of NC-17 on the Society 13 label.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, pardon my pregnant pause there, but then I realized that also would tie into the Oh,
2: yeah. (laughs) Excellent. Oh, man. So anyway, so what's the next step with Noctambulus right now?
1: Uh, after it hits the shelves, I am going to run out. I'm going to buy myself a Rolls Royce. I'm going to get Jeff the same, there you and go. Uh, probably one more. Yeah, so we're uh, planning on sitting back and raking in the dough.
2: Now we're talking.
1: No, unfortunately, that probably won't be the case. And then I woke up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean once Noct, I mean we're already working on the next project. I, as much as I love Noctambulist, and that's that's literally. Uh, I think, you know, probably throughout the, if the my career would last 30 years and Octopus would still be one of the highlights. But, you know, you got to keep keep pushing on. So we're already working on the next couple films.
2: Yeah. Always looking ahead. I know that uh, somehow, even when you're in the process of um, completion, you're already what? Five steps ahead on five different uh, other projects. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the way it goes. And yeah. then Noctambulus
1: then yeah, I mean, started before Blood on the Real was even finished and released.
2: Unreal. So. Wow. OK, that puts it in perspective. But, yeah, just to uh, let, give folks a refresher course here, Noctambulus. This is in the back of the DVD. Guest kids, you can buy a DVD uh, and Blu-ray. Um, all right. After her mother's death, Zella descends into a world of madness. Is she merely dealing with her mother's passing in extreme measures or perhaps her husband, Stellan? Oh, I, I should mention their names. Nicholas Nazaria? Uh
1: Nazaria. Nazaria
2: and Lauren Peel is Stella. Uh, Stellan is helping to force the hand of fate by pushing her to an early grave. Hopefully, Zella will find the answers she is seeking in a series of bizarre nightmares. And yes, the movie is fantastic, folks. Get it if you can. Go, just buy it. Support the art for once, all right? Once in your life. One more time in your life. And then you'll get more good stuff from Daggers and and Company. That is correct. Don't we support the artists here? I mean, we try. We do try.
1: You do. You've always been very supportive. I mean, this is probably like, I don't even know how many times I've been on your show now.
2: I know, you're you're a co-host.
1: Essentially,
2: yeah. And I should mention, Sean is not here today. I, I'm worried about our, our actually mutual friend. Um, Sean went to a concert last night, was giving me a full report on the bands he's seeing. Bands like, you're going you're gonna to hear Dragline. Dragline uh, shattered who you heard on the last episode. He, has, he was having a great time meeting people and then just like nothing. He disappeared into a void. I've heard nothing since uh, midnight last night. So we hope yeah. he's okay.
1: Yeah, I mean he probably tied one on sleeping it off somewhere.
2: Hopefully. Hopefully he had quite the trip. But yeah, so you guys go back a little bit too. Uh
1: yeah, we were uh we actually went to the same high school. Okay.
2: That's just it's weird how that happened, folks, cuz I met him out of the blue. But anyway, all right. So, what can people expect on the special features of the Blu-ray or uh this DVD that I'm holding currently? Cuz the Blu-rays in the other room right now.
1: Uh well, there's a uh several deleted scenes. I believe there's a cast and crew interview. There's a director's interview. Funny enough, Jeff will probably laugh at me over this, but I haven't watched it. I've had the DVD for a week. <laughs> yes. I've seen it because I edited the film. I've watched this thing probably 300 times. Right. You know, it's like when you're an artist and you're making something, you're so sick and tired of it by the time that it gets released that, you know, yep. as much as I love the film, I could probably go a decade without watching it. But I believe that the SGL, uh, distributed the film and i believe that they included all the extras that i sent over so that was probably four or five deleted scenes cast and crew interview director uh interview
2: awesome well i look forward to that yeah i haven't i haven't watched this yet because i always you know i saw the uh the cut that you gave me but um yes i honestly i'm looking forward to it i may throw that in tonight actually on blu-ray that's exciting
1: it is exciting, yes. And, uh, I would like to actually see even uh, more obscure, like such as VHS releases. That would be incredible.
2: Oh man, that would now that's incredibly retro. I mean, with bands, like, I'm I'm sitting here holding a cassette from a band uh, in my hands here, uh, Glowworms. Where they came out within the past three years, and they made a cassette just Glowworm, to be authentic. like the toy. What's that? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's uh, two W's though. I don't oh, know if okay. that's how the toy was. Yeah, it's it's one word, two W's, glowworms. Yeah, but um, yeah, that that it's interesting that they did the cassette thing. A lot of bands are doing the retro thing. The vinyl thing is hot again. I, every time I talk to a band on here, it's always the hot subject. Um, but how do people get a hold of your film now?
1: Uh, it'll be available at all major movie retailers, Best Buy, Target. What else, Jeff? Uh, Walmart. Walmart, Amazon uh you name it i mean pretty much every major movie retailer that you can think of beta vision oh. <laughs> <laughs> i wish laser disc yeah can you we'll imagine? bring all
2: that back the, oh my god there's still people that sell those things at conventions believe it or you not you know i
1: tried telling jeff people still go batshit over this stuff mm-hmm. you know jeff i love him dearly he's right when he says that digital copies are the way of the future but <laughs> there's such an underground cult following for vhs you know laser discs
2: yes you are correct now let's let's get into we're gonna we're gonna play a little music here folks from dragline and we're gonna get into this next upcoming project that's pretty damn exciting i must say um and we'll get back with uh jeff and johnny and just a few thanks for listening
1: Here, okay. Let's
0: play a game.
2: <laughs> All right, folks, we're back, and with Johnny Daggers, and we're here with Jeff. It's Portland. loin. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, we were talking about Nectambulus earlier, and now we're getting on to new topics and very exciting stuff here. I didn't know how much I was to reveal on earlier shows, so I held back a little bit. Johnny, what's this next thing you got going on?
1: Uh, the ne- well, we actually have a couple things. The next film that I'm writing and directing is called The Charnel House Vault.
2: Right. Yes, and I did get a copy of that script, and I'm having fun with that. Good. Yeah, it's I a think. fun read. It's a fun read, and I can see. I don't know, man. Is it gonna be? Is it gonna be grainy, like, or is it gonna be black and white? How are you? What's the approach on this one?
1: Yeah, you know me. It's still gonna be a black and white film. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, there is gonna be dialogue with this film, unlike *Noctambulist*, which was a silence. So, mm-hmm. uh, the the period for the film is set in Victorian times, uh, and it's a vampire film. Which mm. you might chuckle at because I've probably told you numerous times that I would never make a vampire film, right? <laughs> along with never making another zombie film and so forth. Yeah. But uh, Jeff and his wife Emma invited uh, Jerica and my better half, a fiance, out to uh, what I don't know, maybe a month or two ago. Invited us out to look at some property that they acquired, and I'll let Jeff tell the story on this one on how.
3: It All right,
2: it. cool.
1: Actually,
3: we uh, own five and a half acres out in Great Cape in West Virginia. It's on the side of a mountain. Um, so we're talking four wheel drive to get there. Uh, so after we brought the property, I was looking it over and I came across a root cellar. And I, to be honest, I didn't even know what a root cellar was. I thought for sure that I'd open that door. There'd be a bunch of bodies stuffed in there or something.
2: Oh man.
1: <laughs> we were hoping
3: anyway. Yeah. But you know, no such luck Instead were cans of, I guess they can their own fruits and stuff. Oh, but geez. Yeah. So I, I invited Johnny and Jericho out, my wife and I, uh, Emma and I did. And, um, so we let Johnny tour the place, which he, we videotaped. So.
2: Oh, cool.
1: Yeah. That's up online. Just, uh, scouting the location. And at that point, I'm, I'm not very accustomed to having somebody just give me property and say, here, film, would you actually not to, uh, let me digress for a moment. Jeff, since he was the executive producer on Noctambulist, he had a great time. So basically he said to me, we need to make another movie again. And I have property for you. And that just never happens. That (laughs) somebody already has, you know, the property and they want you to just come out and make a film. So after viewing it, you know, I had no script in mind, no idea what uh, the story would be about. It just lent itself to be a vampire film and the, you know, that's the route that I went with it.
2: Okay. Oh, well, but it's... I want
1: to go back to more of like a throwback to uh, the Hammer Horror films that we all grew up and loved. None of the sparkly Twilight vampires no. and that bullshit. So it's uh, going to be back to the old Christopher Lee days of uh, Hammer Horror films. And
2: Very cool. Is it going to be scary? Yeah.
1: That's the intent. Okay. Yes. But uh, I'm like... Unlike Noctambulus, which was a psychological thriller, obviously, because this is a vampire film, it'll be, you know, it'll be uh, a psychological thriller, but I mean, also, you know, great vampire executions and, you know, things of that nature. So a little bit more graphic
2: interesting okay didn't see that coming that's cool all right yeah yeah you did it you always said how uh, you were done with horror for a while well you were done for a while i mean noctambulus is a different kind of horror um and i enjoyed that and it just it, it a really refreshing approach um but yeah so this one uh, so how many folks are going to be in this film how you get like you get like five people in this microcosmic world As far
1: as the lead characters, yeah, there's there's roughly essentially there's really only three or four main characters. And then, you know, some supporting actors. And then, uh, I mean, as far as the extras, there's going to be a good bit of extras that would make up, you know, the vampires.
2: Okay. That's cool. Alright, so th- that makes it even more interesting. I mean, some of my favorite movies, think about The Shining, of course, you know, it's like three people in the whole movie. Um, you have to really concentrate on those characters and build them and make people like them or hate them. Uh, are these going to be likable folks, hateable folks, lovable? What, what A kind little of bit of
1: both. I mean, from Noctambulist, uh, you know, I, I essentially did the same thing where there was only four main characters in Noctambulist. Mm, yeah. And yeah. I think that it would be safe to say that we all went back and forth on uh, Stellan, played by Nicholas Nazario. We went... Uh, Mm -hmm. from, you know, I don't necessarily know if liking him would be the correct word, but, uh, you know, there's parts where you certainly hate him more than others. And then, uh, you know, there are times that, you know, you wonder, is he really gaslighting her or is there something going on that we, that we don't quite know about? So he's one of those characters you're kind of, uh, back and forth on, obviously you feel nothing but heartfelt sympathy for, for Zella the whole time. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to the yeah. point of tears for folks that watched it. Um, yeah. Now, curious too, uh, are you having uh, creature effects? Or are you going for the suave-looking, you know, hammer uh, vampire? No, or uh,
1: Not necessarily suave. I've never really, even though I love hammer and, you know, I'm a fan of Bela Lugosi, mm-hmm. uh, you know me, I always still have to draw more on uh, the early German Expressionist influences, which mm. uh, really influenced me with Noctambulist uh you know so i'm thinking something more along the lines of like orlock or uh you know just uh some of the more creepier zombies definitely not the suave romantic type zombies that's zombie vampire right? vampires. Or, i mean vampires i'm saying zombies
2: <laughs> do you have a v- zombie thing on the back burner <laughs> no not at all no, I'm, really kidding. I'm kidding you know. <laughs> i'm kidding but totally i did mention kidding.
1: that i'd never do a zombie or a vampire film again don't worry i'll sell them on you yeah. <laughs> not happening
2: <laughs> all right so who came up with the script I did. Okay, and Jeff, you read it and said, let's do it? Or were were there some...
1: I knew whatever he came up with, it was going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, he just wanted to make a film and didn't really... He just put all of his trust in me, which is phenomenal.
2: Well, let's talk about Jeff then, Uh, your experience here. We'd like to get that on these airwaves, since you're new to these airwaves.
3: Uh, I am, yes. Noctabulous was my first as the executive producer, and uh, so Johnny kind of made me be in it. So I am in it.
2: Uh, Cool.
1: A few times, actually.
2: Very cool. That I was not yeah, aware he, of. He
1: was. Uh, he he helped out a lot inside extra roles where you wouldn't really. Uh, a few scenes he's discernible, in other scenes he's one of the robed figures in the uh, in the first dream sequence of the movie. Okay. Uh, he's also one of the orderlies in the institution. Right. Wasn't supposed to be. But... Yeah. He hates acting. By the way. <laughs> yeah. But of course I gave him another acting role in the Toronto house. <laughs> ball. Thanks buddy. Yeah. Just a small one. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: small, yeah. It keeps growing. Just
1: so you know, that's what she
2: said. Oh, back to that okay. again. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: Uh, but speaking of roles, I do have a particular role uh, for a character in the film by the name of Frederick, who uh, I guess we're going to unveil to the world today or whenever this airs. I, <laughs> When I wrote the character I actually see you playing him very appropriately.
2: Man, um yeah, I I was on the in on this, um a, a, nervous excited at, at the same time. Um I yeah, and honored. I just and and then reading the character it seems like yeah, something I can actually do. <laughs> um but yeah, hey, I really appreciate your confidence in me. Uh, I was going to ask about your confidence in people you're picking for these roles. Um, like, where do you, how, how, what do you, what kind of characters are you looking for?
1: I mean, we have an array of characters, anything from doctors to, you know, uh, I mean, I think your character, uh, without revealing too much about him, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's rather unhinged Okay. on many <laughs> levels, as I think you probably picked up on. You see, you history.
2: see, folks, this is how I fell right into place. <laughs>
1: yeah, how come when I think of Unhinged, I automatically think of David Fairhead? Oh, lovely,
2: lovely, lovely. Probably because you've read more of my stuff than anybody else. Right? Uh, yeah, that could be. That could be. But hell, this it sounds like a great time, man. Um, but what are these, these other characters, too? Let's talk about um, leading characters in, uh, well, the, the vampire.
1: Uh, well, there are several vampires. Okay. I don't really want to give too much away about That's the vampires. That's what I thought. Okay. Uh, but I could say the lead, the lead actor is being played by, uh, Jeff's brother, Robert. Okay. And his name is Alexander Hawthorne, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, Samuel Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. That's the name. That is. <laughs> That's the character's name. Yeah. Robert Fourlands is playing Samuel Hawthorne. Okay. Um, so, and he is the grandson of the great Alexander Charnel, um, but yeah, Robert has a lot of acting experience. He's been involved with haunts for many of years, was lead tour guide on haunts, has a, a great personality for, for acting. Um,
2: All right. So are there going to be other places, other um, locations other than the house? Is everything taking place on this mountainside?
1: Uh, not necessarily. I'll, I'll let Jeff explain
3: that a little bit. So we will probably also film in Greensboro, Maryland, which is on the eastern shore about an hour and a half from here. Okay. Um, and I don't want to get into, uh, any specifics of why, uh, okay. only cause it may give away something. And I personally don't know what I'm supposed to say in regards to that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I try to tread lightly with these things. <laughs> yes. That's cool but though. It,
3: it's, it's an awesome location.
1: Uh, so. Well, for the first time in my career, I actually, we're, uh, we have a studio, like a physical studio in West Virginia that's on the property of the house mm-hmm. and, and the, in the charnel house vault, uh, where we're actually going to be building sets within the studio. And then Jeff and his wife are in the process of erecting, uh, another studio in Maryland as well.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Erecting a studio for, for this or
1: for this and future films. Yeah. Jeff's also working on a film after this.
3: Yeah. I, I Furnace Creek films and, um, Immediately after Johnny's film's Over, in the fall of 2019, we'll be starting the Lenticum Witch, Victoria's Curse, which is mm-hmm. full color. Okay. And it's
1: it's a it's a story,
3: uh, well, you, you delve into the story a bit. Well, the story's about two sisters uh, in 1853 who are accused of witchcraft and incidentally hanged for it, not before the one sister utters a curse that basically comes into today, and one of the descendants of people that hanged her comes into town and Chaos Reigns.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. And that's going to be called, what, what did you say?
3: That's called The Lentcombe Witch,
1: Victoria's Curse.
2: Nice. Okay. So and we got stuff I'm actually
1: to... going to be involved with that film as well. Essentially, I guess this is breaking news because... It's never been mentioned on the radio before, but Dagger Vision Films and Furnace Creek Films have merged together as a collective film company. Um, so, you know, there'll be films that Jeff writes and directs that I'll be assistant director on and of help in any other ways that I possibly can be. And also, uh, subsequently, he is also going to be assistant director on the Charnel House Vault, Charnel House Vault as well as executive producer and actor. So uh, the two companies are more or less, you know, sister entities of one another.
2: Well, that's cool. Sounds great.
1: Definitely not brother entities, sister entities, because he always goes with that word. <laughs> it's just comes to mind, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's it's very exciting times, and uh, you know, getting back to the Charnel House Vault, there's some talented actors and actresses that are cast that uh, we know they're wonderful uh, and they have a, a fantastic resume. However, we have not met them in person yet, but they've already agreed to come on board. Uh, for instance, playing. Uh, the wife of Samuel Hawthorne mm. is a talented actress by the name of Michelle Mullins, and she's located in West Virginia. Uh, we also have uh, Dorothy uh, Malinowski, we have Donna Bryce Madison, uh, Russell Vokler. Uh, pardon me if I mispronounce any of these names. We have uh, Susanna Michaela Woodhead as well. So some of these people are brought on by, you know, Jeff. Um, I'll let Jeff go over some of the other names from the people, you know, that he knows personally. Okay. That brought on. but A very, very talented crew, so we're taking some people from Baltimore and shipping them off to West Virginia and then recruiting local talent in West Virginia as well, and then obviously Pittsburgh talent such as yourself as long as, uh, you know, you want to be a part of the crew, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, shooting, you said, starts in June, correct?
1: Yes, that is correct. First, first week of first June. First week, weekend
2: in June. Okay, well, no, I look forward to, to everything. Actually, I just look forward to seeing the location. It sounds like well a vivid experience <laughs> um you, you said it's a side of a mountain and this is a, a, an old house so that was just sitting there
3: uh no uh the, the house will look old by the time we're done with oh i it. see okay yeah it's not really old it's uh actually where my wife and i go to get away from everything i got it's you okay views. uh so it's just it is it's gorgeous it's in the woods mm-hmm. um, the root cellars like right off the house you can't it's not like against the house it's in the woods so it's creepy looking no uh here i'm holding up a picture of it see
1: it yeah as if they can
3: see the photo (laughs) do you see that everyone on radio
2: plan well i do try to envision everything like while i'm reading the script because it it just yeah i already see i I could see where you guys are going to go with this and it just it, it it's totally cool just my kind of film um definitely um i'm a big fan of going back to um and johnny knows this uh let's scare jessica to death um just for the cinematography and the creepy aspect, not even the dialogue, which is kind of creepy too. Have you you guys are both familiar with that, right?
3: Amber Heard, right?
2: Let's scare Jessica to death? No.
1: Yeah. That has Amber Heard
3: in? Yeah, it.
2: yeah, yeah. yeah
1: I am not familiar with
2: it. Oh man, that's a good revisit. I own a copy. I, I should send it yeah, to you. Familiar. It's a, it's it's so different, but it's all about the um, just the aesthetics, everything around their surroundings. That, the, the monster is their surroundings, and uh, it sounds like you've got both things happening here.
1: <laughs> well, we do, and, you know, over the years, uh, you know, in my earlier years, I didn't really have a sense of direction or where I wanted to go as a filmmaker. It was very guerrilla-style, haphazard, typical indie filming when you first start out and before you really find your place and before you really learn your craft and your tools. And I think that, what I hope, at least, with Noctambulist is that uh, – you know, the sense to every, the smallest nuance of every scene was meticulous. And, you know, the cinematography, which was the first time that I've ever done uh, all of the cinematography on a film, uh, you know, uh, just uh, the, the fine details were so important to me. And, and you know, That's my direction as a neo-noir filmmaker, and this is going to have that same neo-noir element where every—and Jeff is executive producer. He and his wife have been, you know, really stepping up the game, picking out, you know, antique shopping left and right and getting error-appropriate props and, and, you know, product to to make this film look— as beautiful Mm -hmm. as it can be and as appropriate as can be
2: that's a challenge that's like uh not respected enough like uh, you did it with noctambulus just the the surroundings and there you kind of fell into some scenery that that worked for you correct Uh, yeah i did just like with
1: the charnel house phone i mean you couldn't ask for anything creepier than the root cellar that jeff and emma you know stumbled upon when they purchased their house that was just pure fate you (laughs) know it was like the god smiling down upon me with that but and then from there (laughs) Let's take this splendid object and exemplify it and make it even creepier and then add you know, uh, other sets around it to uh, complement that.
2: Which, yeah, I, can't, I look forward to seeing in, in person, actually. I can't wait to see this place. Um, yeah, we live in an age now, and this drives me crazy. If you watch films with uh, a younger crowd, um, they like to pinpoint everything that's wrong with a, a scene. Right. To, to the point where it's just like, come on, what are you doing? But they are looking for that. And so if they see, you know, somebody's mug in a scene, you know, that oh, they didn't have mugs then. Or, you know, like how meticulous. I mean, what do you do? You shoot it, then go back and remove things. I mean, oh no, I
1: mean, you... you really try to
2: before, have everything
1: ironed out before yeah. you even begin production. Then of course, again, there are going to be times where you know an actor walks in when you're taking a break, and you know they have their coffee mug and they set it on the table, and yeah. so you have people like for instance, on Noctambulist, Jeff was very great with continuity and making sure that if somebody left their, you know, let's say we're on break and somebody put their keys down for a second, me looking through the lens of the camera, I might not be able to detect that. But Jeff standing next to me would be like, Hey, look, we got to move this. And, you know, a lot of times there were pickup shots. So we would film a scene, let's say with, uh, you know, the doctor in Noctambulist, he would be, uh, you know, it's Zellen and Stella's house, and then we'd have to do a pickup shot a week or maybe even two weeks later, we would take photographs of how everything was placed, where the lamp was at, what was on the table when we left filming the last time, so that when we go back and do a pickup shot, everything's in the same place, all of the same items are still there, because continuity can make or break a film.
2: Right, yeah, absolutely uh that that's exactly where I was going with that cuz I I just I get annoyed by it cuz I know what it takes to make a film to uh, maybe 20% of it or you guys got all 130% of it but um yeah I just I, I I can't stand when people are looking to see what's wrong and that must drive you crazy as an indie yeah. artist cuz you're worried about you that I,
1: but uh, I mean that happens in Hollywood films yeah. too oh, you definitely, know yeah uh, I mean there's Hollywood films where you could go through and if you just do a Google search for continuity and discrepancies with Hollywood films It'll bring up a giant list, you know. Jaws being one of the most famous ones, but I mean, then there's other films that I'm very partial to, like a film. Uh, there was one of Vince Bond's first films. It was called Clay Pigeons, where he played a serial killer, mm. and Joaquin Phoenix is actually in that too. It was one of his early roles. Um, it wasn't one of uh, Vince, one of Vince's earliest films, but it's it's kind of close. Uh, but anyway, there's a scene where Joaquin is having sex with uh, this actress. And while they're having sex, there's a, a, a photo on the headboard that gets knocked over. And then in the next scene, uh, <laughs> it takes place back in the bedroom. You can see the photo standing upright again.
2: That sucks. Yeah. But, you
1: know, I mean, it ha- the continuity is always going to happen. You, you can nitpick it to death. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I really don't care. It doesn't really bother me. You try not to let these little things happen, but they can and they will, whether it's independent or uh, overly produced Hollywood film.
2: What are you? What are you doing with the uh, soundtrack?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, you know, my intent is always to score. I mean, that's my dream is to to score an entire soundtrack myself. Mm-hmm. With Noctambulist, I was able to contribute two or three songs uh, to the soundtrack. But when you're writing, directing, doing the cinematography, doing the editing, and everything else that's involved, uh, it's very time consuming, and you don't, you know, you don't necessarily have the time to score the entire soundtrack. So, you know, I imagine I'll probably write parts for it. Jeff has talked about maybe having me write some scores for his film. Um, as far as scoring the whole soundtrack, I don't really know. Uh, you know me, um, the type of music I'm very particular about, what gets scored in mm-hmm. my films. Yeah. Uh, with Noctambulist, it was all orchestral, and that's the way that I write as a musician. So it'll be a lot of the same atmospheric, you know, not metal or industrial or any of these right. other type of... Uh, you know popular music uh genres that are being played in what's what's dubstep i guess is used oh, i guess that's the word and i can't stand dubstep but no. i guess that's used in a lot of the modern horror films so you can see none of that with with jeff or i
2: that's a, a pet peeve of mine in films um that that i've liked or hated uh when the music just takes you out of the scene it's it's not helping the scene and it, that's what a lot of it's doing like you'll just somebody's walking down a hall and this is awful like. Uh, keyboard music just blaring and nothing is happening and nothing's going to happen and you can tell and that's bad uh when the music is not in sync now i know it's with yours yours it just it accompanies as it should um not annoy the audience (laughs) it should
1: be an accompaniment an accompaniment exactly i mean honestly i i consider the music you know another actor
2: yeah that makes sense
1: i I think that's the way it should be it should complement the scene and, and go along coincide with it
2: Set the mood, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's nothing like, you know, you watch an old flick, you know, it starts with the music, and maybe a little flo- fog on the moors, and, you know, it, it's, you know, it sets the tone, even if the movie wasn't good, it, even that, that you remember that part.
1: <laughs> I mean, it just kills me with modern day horror films, when, when an intense scene's about to come on, and then all of a sudden, death metal starts blaring, Ugh. and I'm like, what the fuck, where did this come from? <laughs> like, I, I can't stand, I hate metal to begin with, no offense, and I know you're a fan, but it's just like, I just, it's just like, way to just kill the scene for me, yeah. I don't know.
2: There's a time and a place. I mean, there really is. It's done right or it's, it just shouldn't be done at all. I, I just – yeah, there's quite a few like that. And I could sit and name some new ones. I don't want to do that. But, um, yeah, it, it, sometimes it's all about the soundtrack and they have a horrible movie. And it's like you – know, Yeah. That's a weird one too. I I don't know. <laughs> I like it. I mean, that.
1: it just happens. I mean, I'm guilty of that myself. You, you are? Uh, I don't back, know. Yeah. I mean, back in the day when I first started and we were filming Cossack Zombies, you know, it was – I had no sense of direction on where I was going. I was friends with a lot of people that were in horror punk bands, which mm. are great bands, but it was just like the entire soundtrack was like horror punk, and you know, it really, there was no real thought given behind it, and I look back on those early days, and now that you've grown and matured in your profession, it's like wow, seriously, but like that was a long time ago, and things have progressed since then. So, I, you know, back in the day when I was young and, and amateur, I was guilty
2: of that myself. Oh, okay, well, I, as long as you can grow from that experience, I mean, yeah. uh, that, that really. So, all right. So, the next step uh, for this new film what what's 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 your next move?
1: Uh, after the Toronto House, are you? No, no, up? no.
2: Well, in preparation. Are you just going uh, to well, set up we're
1: still we we pretty much have the majority of the main cast nailed down. There's still some small roles as extras. Uh, even though you're one of my dearest friends, we're still <laughs> having you audition for Frederick.
2: I appreciate that.
1: and Jeff's gonna be watching you very closely. okay <laughs> <laughs> that's me. oh boy. Uh, but no, no, you don't have anything to, to to worry about, at least I don't think you do. I, I wouldn't have offered the rule to you if I didn't think that you could handle it, but uh, yeah, well, we have our first, uh, well, we've been having pre-production meetings for how many weeks now? Four or five. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then we're going to meet with the crew in West Virginia mid-January. Okay. Uh, and then wow. Jeff, Emma, and uh, his wife, Emma, who's also executive producer, is a fabulous uh, engineer. She's very handy and uh, is playing a monumental part in helping with a lot of the set building. And uh, basically, I have no, I have artistic skill set, but I have no mechanical skill set. So I'm not handy either. It's her. <laughs> yeah. So Jeff and I let Emma know what we're looking for, and she can build it and put it together. Uh, anything from electrical engineering to the actual physical sets themselves she's very handy with so it's gonna be many months of building and uh planning
2: okay well i look forward to seeing all of this um i jeez oh, when is this audition
1: uh well i believe that you and i discussed uh, january June, June, before the end of them yeah two actually <laughs> as soon as this show oh, good. ends we're
2: you on for oh emissions. good, oh you get good, the man out. <laughs> yeah, that could be a problem, <laughs> but yeah, all right, I, I I look forward to it. I'm excited about this whole project. It just sounds I just can't believe Johnny Daggers is making a vampire film. I, I love it, I love it.
1: I'm surprised as much as you are, I think, but I, I mean, it actually feels very at home for me so.
2: Yeah, it, yeah, I can imagine that. I well, just can't. I can't wait to see this set. I'm, this sounds exciting. Um, how? Like, what are the? What's the shooting process? Are you going to take weekends? It's like out of time. Couple of every weekends weekend,
1: a- we're looking at about an eight week um, time frame. So just on week. I mean, the thing about it is, uh, even though with Jeff and Emma as the executive producers, they're providing us with great property, great props, and everything to make this look uh, like the production value is very high. Uh, when you're indie level and you still can't afford to pay all your actors and/or actresses, they're working day jobs, so it just makes sense to film on weekends mm-hmm. uh, when people can schedule time off uh, to be a part of the film and not take anybody away from their paying day jobs.
2: Well, that's appreciated, yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> me included.
1: <laughs> you, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's going to be weekends. And we're looking at about an eight week. Uh, production time frame
2: all right well um, any other mentions or websites or twitters you want to throw out there
1: oh boy we jeff and i did this the other night we made a video for the for everyone just as a merry christmas holiday greeting and uh jeff knew my url for the toronto house vault which is just facebook the Charnel house vault but uh he threw he left it up to me to say his URL, and I had no idea what yeah, his. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it worked <laughs> out well. So what is your URL, Jeff? At the Lunkum Witch on Facebook. Yeah, and also you can visit uh, officialjohnnydaggers.com, and Jeff's website is... It's furnish-creep.com. Furnish.com. <laughs> Not furnishes in the yeah, furniture. But Furnace is in, you know, heating your home. <laughs>
2: um,
1: and then I think on Twitter, I seldom use it, but I'm Johnny Daggers too because I locked myself out of my old account. Oh so. geez,
2: I'm glad you said that. Okay, yeah, then Sorry. I I, I got to re-friend you then, don't I? Uh,
1: I know we're friends on there. I just okay. hold, I'm hardly ever on it. So.
2: I know. Same here. I, like I said, necessary evil. Um, and I am at fairly dark on Twitter, folks should know that and uh the website uh lots of changes coming on uh you could find all my shows kettle whistle radio at uh www.fairlydarkproductions.com but go to society-13.com for all the other podcasts and the the queens of nc-17 are blowing it out of the water the pop-off with martice is a great show too and we got a few others coming along the way and i'm sure we're gonna hear from these guys jeff and johnny in the near future with updates
1: yeah um always a pleasure being on your show. I look forward to coming back and discussing the details also, uh hopefully the next time that that we're on the show, um we have you nailed down as a definitive cast member.
2: I'll do my best. I'll do my best. I don't know what my best is because I've only ever gotten my head blown off in a couple of Indies, you know? Well, so. just get
3: your Oscar acceptance speech ready, okay <laughs>
2: okay. I could do that. <laughs> I'll practice here. <laughs> oh man! Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you guys doing this, and we will update everybody on this com- upcoming film. And meanwhile, guys, you can get Noctambulus. It's out there. The DVD, Blu-ray go out and pre-order buy it man. on
1: amazon right now the official release date is january 22nd but people can go onto amazon right now and place their pre-orders
2: okay oh okay very good pre-orders by the time they listen to this eh, it'll be available i'm sure but we're gonna try to get this up right away i hope for you this guys. airs
1: before a month away
2: oh no no no, no. I yeah, know. it
1: won't be available in the stores till uh, january 22nd so but they can pre-order now so okay
2: perfect okay Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. As always, thanks for listening and always tune in. And uh, you can friend us. I should throw this out here, too. I always forget to uh, go to Dynamite Comics if you want an issue of uh, Demon Eye. It's available there, not on Burning Ball Publishing, which we've been saying in the past. All right. Thanks again, folks, and good night. <laughs>
0: so 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 so
1: so